Now, gentlemen. The defendant is not guilty. But somebody in this courtroom is. Unmitigated temerity. Okay, 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 okay. Hey, hello. Hi, Gatsby heads. Welcome to the OK Gatsby Season 3, colon, to Chill a Mockingbird. It is an incredible sin to chill a mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can chill any bird you want, but... Look, I know I want you to be chilling cans, <laughs> but... You're probably going to ch- want to chill some birds. You know, your father used to be a really amazing chiller back in the day. They call, <laughs> they so chill Finch. <laughs> yeah, they one hang Finch. One, <laughs> one hang with him. And you want to chill the rest of your life. <laughs> He'd take off those glasses and he'd chill you. totally hang out with you. <laughs> one shot, one chill. <laughs> yeah, he'd just pour you a shot and then you'd be, and you'd be chilling the rest chilling. of the day. <laughs> Any who's <laughs> <laughs> well, well, welcome, welcome back to our regularly scheduled programming. We're on chapter twenty-one right now. Chapter twenty-one, chapter twenty-two. Uh, last we left it, uh, I believe Atticus had, dropped the mic. Atticus gave his big old speech, uh, and then Calpurnia came running down the courthouse. Yeah, right, like like a like a crazy like a, like again so cinematic. Someone busts into the courthouse. Uh, Atticus, Atticus, please, Atticus. Um, here and here she comes. So ends on ends on a cliffhanger. Like she's getting better. Harper Lee is getting better and better throughout the novel at like ending on cliffhangers that make you want to turn Keep the page. Like, yeah. What is she, what's going on here? Yeah. No explanation for why she's doing this. Next episode starting in three, two, <laughs> one. One of those. Yeah. Are you still reading To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still reading? Just making sure. Yeah. Uh. So, here comes Calpurnia. Judge Taylor saw her and said, it's Calpurnia, isn't it? Yes, sir, she said. Could I just pass this note to Mr. Finch, please, sir? It hasn't got anything to do with the trial. Uh, so Atticus looks at it. Uh, Judge, <laughs> uh, this note is from my sister. She says my children are missing. Haven't turned up since noon. I, I could you... I know where they are, Atticus. Mr. Underwood spoke up. They're right up yonder in the colored balcony. Been there since precisely 1.18 p.m. How big is this courthouse? How big? Like, <laughs> is it like a stadium? No. Yeah, that's like how he didn't know. Able to look like real quick around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, um, Atticus and Calpurnia... Met us downstairs. Calpurnia looked. Pe- Calpurnia is very angry with them, and she remains angry with them. Yes. A word you don't hear a lot. Peeved. Peeved. You yeah. Don't, don't really use that. You term. only hear pet peeves. Yeah. Back then, and this time, they had full size peeves. Yeah. Now we only have little tiny pet peeves. I'm only peeved over little things. Yeah. But back then, you were peeved about everything. Racism or kids being away <laughs> from home. Yes. Uh, okay, and then they're walking down. Uh, our father Jem come down from there, so they Atticus is like, Oh, there are my children. They've there been they watching. <laughs> and Jem jumps up in excitement and goes, We've won, haven't we? Yeah, he's so excited. Um Atticus says he's got no idea. Um and they, they keep asking to to listen to the verdict. And then uh Yeah. Please let us hear the verdict, please, sir. So they're, they're like begging. Like right. it's such a dark thing to beg your dad. Like, please can let we find the out the verdict of the court case? Can you be a hero, please. <laughs> Um, and so Atticus says, this is kind of poignant, this is kind of cool. Atticus says, like, you can go home for supper, and uh, you can come back after supper, and uh, they'll probably have already been, I'll probably, I'll probably be probably be home by the time you finish supper. Yeah. And Jem says, you think they'll quit him that fast? So Jem, like, thinks. He's like, get, like, he's like yeah. we have it in the bag, Yeah, baby. <laughs> Yeah, because, because, and this plays out, like, Jem has an innocent view of the justice system. Yes, where he's like, my father proved without a doubt that there's no corroborated evidence and that only Tom, only uh, Bob Ewell could have hit Mayo because Tom doesn't have an arm to do it. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, so I, it's so Jem, it's like, oh, that's what court cases are. You prove that the, without a doubt that, I mean, it's in a criminal case, it's just Atticus has to prove that there is a doubt that Tom Robinson did it. So right. it's like, oh, we've already done that. Yeah, he, I mean, like, as far as Jem can see, like, Atticus won. I mean, like, he, yeah, like, like anybody, any any 
um, you know, unbiased judge would would take Tom Robinson's side. Unbiased jury. It's uh, however, yeah, jury. Yeah, it's he made the two witnesses for the state look silly. Yeah, and then he made his witness seem very credible. So yeah, upon that remark, you think they'll be it'll acquit him that fast? Atticus opened his mouth to answer, but shut it and left us. So Atticus meant like I'll probably be I'll probably lose the case. Yeah, I'm gonna in lose the case in like ten minutes. Yeah, so, uh, it reminds me of, like he he said like because like why did you pick this case? It's like well because even if you know you're licked, you gotta fight anyway. And yeah. like he knew going in that this is gonna be. Yeah, I'm bad. gonna put my best effort into a losing battle. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and then everyone is, uh, they go out to eat, or like, so now everyone's waiting for the verdict. So the whole town's waiting for the verdict. Yeah. Uh, and then let's see, and then Calpurnia's taking him home. Yeah, they go home for supper, and Calpurnia just gives him an earful the whole way. Like, can you imagine, like, you know, scouts hearing this, all that stuff, blah, 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 which is like, I don't know, uh, you know, I was like, come on, Calpurnia, like, it's a, come on. Be chill, man. Yeah, like, I don't know, I, I this feel like. This is a like big deal. I think it is the kind of thing where it's like, it is a, it is a rape case, and it is right. like a, a nine-year-old girl. It yeah. It's a lot. It makes it, it makes it kind of more fun that they weren't supposed to hear it, I guess, kind of yeah. like exciting, so, um, I guess, and Calpurnia, I guess, is legitimately um, concerned, but, uh, like, the whole time, Jem is laughing at her, which is like, that's, that's a big, he's kind of a man, you know? Yeah. Um, even like Caporni acknowledges like uh, Jem, I thought you were getting some kind of head in your shoulders. The very idea. So like she acknowledges like Jem, you're maturing now. You should know better. Yeah. When you uh, hush your mouth, sir. When you ought to be hanging your head in shame, you go along laughing. Yeah. It's it's she is like not. He's not responding how he should be responding, and he's like laughing, and she cannot figure out what's going on. Yeah. He, yeah. He keeps laughing like knowingly, you know, which is like kind of like an adult thing. Um, I like that she's referred to, um, uh, which what she is telling them is referred to by Harper Lee as a series of rusty threats. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, like the same old, same old thing. Like, oh, yeah. why I ought to? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'll put soap in your mouth. Yeah, all the, all the same old things. Um, and then like Miss Rachel too has been. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it later? Maybe it was in the, it's not in these two chapters, but Dill accuses her of being a drunk. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> this next chapter. Yeah, Dill. Yeah, Dill just like straight up uh, just says how much she drinks, and he goes, "I'm pretty sure that makes her a drunk, right? <laughs> <laughs> she drinks this much, right? That's that's at, at mo- in the morning she's drunk, right? But even she's like, all right, Dill can stay for dinner. He's just a part of the family. Like, yeah, I know you all have been misbehaving, but it's been yeah. But California does a thing that your mom does when it's like she doesn't yell at you or you like your mom's friend or your friend's mom. Yeah, she's not yelling at you, but she's like, you know, your mom would really be upset about you doing this. Like she like, yells at you for your mom. Yeah, with Miss Rachel, and I just love it where she's like. Where she like the whole time she's ser- like she's still serving them like she's like great, <laughs> and she's like do you want to yourself pouring butter on top yeah. of potatoes and stuff like that and like giving them each a glass of water and then she's now you all eat slow was her final command so that's like that's like oh yeah I guess <laughs> well I think like this is like you know I think she's trying to delay them because as soon as they finish they can go back to the courthouse and yeah and it's gonna be rough she them. wants yeah I think she's hoping that Atticus beats them. Home, comes home before they finished. Yes, and then it's just right. Right, next next sentence. Reverend Sykes had saved our places, so they're already back at the courthouse. Nice job, Harper Lee. We don't need any of that fiddle faddle. Get back, get us back to the courthouse. Yeah, we were surprised to find that we had been gone nearly an hour, and we're equally surprised to find the courtroom exactly as we had left it, with minor changes. The jury box was empty. The defendant was gone. Judge Taylor had been gone, but he reappeared as we were receiving ourselves. Nobody's moved hardly," said Jim. So, like. No, like everyone's like, no, we'll sit in this hot courtroom waiting for this verdict. We're yeah, not. that's how. Yeah, it also, they're they're that into the verdict. They really they want really want to see what happens here. Reverend Sykes says they moved around some when the jury went out. The men folk down there got the women folk their suppers and they fed their babies. How long have they been out? About thirty minutes. Mister Finch and Mister Gilmer did some more talking and Judge Taylor charged the jury. How was he? What say? Oh, he did right well. I ain't complaining one bit. He was mighty fair minded. Yeah, he says like uh, he, he points out that Reverend Reverend says uh, uh, I thought he was leaning a little to our side. Um, and uh, Jim's like, "Oh, you silly reverend! He's not supposed to lean, reverend, but don't fret. We've won it. Don't see how any jury could convict on what he, what we heard." Um, and then Reverend is like, "I am a fifty-year-old, <laughs> yeah, southern black man in 1935. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he's seen everything." Now, don't you be so confident, Mister Jim. I ain't ever seen a jury decide in favor of a colored man over a white man. But Jim took exception to Reverend Sykes. 
<laughs> and we were subjected to a lengthy review of the evidence. <laughs> yeah, and like and yeah, and then uh, and then Jim goes into rape law, <laughs> and it's like if you're 18, <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah, he's like, 18. Uh, you just had. And then like seventeen, whatever happens, that's. <laughs> I like the the way uh, it's put, where it's like you know, yeah, seventeen. Uh, if, it, if 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 you're over eighteen, in order to convict rape, you need to be like hollering and doing everything you can. And if you're under seventeen, you don't have to do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, I think it's like the 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 fact that he's talking about rape makes it um, that much more obvious that he's so innocent of the realities of any of these yeah, laws. It's all academic to him. Exactly. So I think it's very well done that they they choose that. Jem is talking about this kind of stuff that he has n- he knows nothing about. Yeah, and the uh, Reverend Sykes just goes, "Mr. Jem, this ain't a polite thing for little ladies to hear." And then once again, Scout makes the same mistake. She he goes, "Ah, oh, she doesn't know what we're talking about." Scout, this is too old for you, ain't it? Like, please, Scout, like, tell like so we can keep talking yeah. about this. Uh, and then she goes, "It's most certainly it's not. I know every word you're saying." <laughs> Perhaps and I was too convincing. Yeah, she's lying. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah. doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't really. <laughs> she get just it. hates being told that like. Any any t- thing that she's left out of, she's like, nope, don't nope. leave me out. <laughs> I get it. Um, so yeah, they all come back in. Atticus comes back in. The jury comes back in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judge, Judge Taylor uh, comes back in. Uh, I like this little moment of Scout is waving from the balcony, and Atticus gives a little nod. Little nod. Oh, now he sees him. Yeah, now he <laughs> can see up to the. Yeah, he's probably too focused on the uh, proceedings. Yeah, everything's still. It's it's. Uh, she described. I think. She, yeah, biblical just, patience. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, but the grown people said as if they were in church in the balcony. And the Negro said and stood around with us with biblical patience. And then where's the part where she describes it? The same feeling she got when she was in the street. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, that cold February morning. It's a few paragraphs later. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, uh, but I must have been reasonably awake, or yeah. I would not have received the impression that was creeping into me. It was not unlike one I had last winter, and I shivered, though the night was hot. The feeling grew into the atmosphere, and the courtroom was exactly the same as a cold February morning when the mockingbirds were still and the carpenters were had stopped hammering on Miss Maudie's new house, and every wood door in the neighborhood was shut as tight as the doors of the Radley place. A deserted, waiting, empty street, and the courtroom was packed with people. Are you, talking, are you, are you saying that like she feels the same way when the dog was coming down the street? Okay. That's that, that was that, in February. Yep, that was in February. Remember, they everyone go, shut no, the doors the, up. Yeah, everyone was like, "Hey, Mister Radley, close your doors!" Like, everyone was running along. Like, right. there's a mad dog. Come, <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, Mister Radley, close your door. He's like, "Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for 15 years. Way ahead of you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the same feeling as uh, as that night, and then yeah, uh, and a steaming summer night was no different from winter morning. Mr. Hectate, who had entered the courtroom and was talking to Atticus, might have been wearing his high boots and lumber jacket. Atticus had stopped his trinkle journey and had put his foot on the bottom rung of a chair. As he listened to what Mr. Tate was saying, he ran his hand slowly up and down his thigh, expecting Mr. Tate to say any minute, take him, Mr. Finch. So it's like, this. she feels like she's watching her like the same thing that her father did with the old one-shot Finch. Yeah. But now she feels that's just that general sense of fear that there's a real danger coming down. What a great example of how like all those like folksy yarns we went through uh, just serve to enrich the actual meat of this novel. Like yeah. so, like we got to know Atticus through those things, and now we're seeing the real deal. Yeah, it's, it's such a good way of like, oh, let let me provide the reference I'm going to use for the real big heart of this. Yeah, like oh, remember how we I made you feel like that tense like. Then I had that same feeling at a totally like yeah, per, just good solid building on universe writing. Right. Yeah. Scout in the same way sees her father do something that she didn't know her father could do. Yes. It feels significant and dangerous. Yes. So now everyone's coming back, uh, and then he here. I mean, just so such good writing. Like what happened after that had a dreamlike quality. In a dream, I saw the jury return moving like underwater swimmers, and Judge Taylor's voice came from far away and was tiny. I saw something only a lawyer's child could be expected to see, could be expected to watch for, and it was like watching Atticus walk into the street, raise a rifle to his shoulder, and pull the trigger, but watching all the time knowing that the gun was empty. Ooh. So, again, here's another direct, it's a direct reference to that same day with the mad dog. Yes. Okay, so But this time, Atticus is, like, has an empty gun. Yeah. Oof. Empty gun. So, 
the idea is um, because, yeah, a jury can't look. This is something that only a lawyer, lawyer's daughter would know is that a jury never looks at the defendant at a defendant it has convicted. And when this jury came in, not one of them looked at Tom Robinson. The foreman handed a piece of paper to Mr. Tate, who handed it to the clerk, who handed it to the judge. So I shut my eyes. Yeah. Judge Taylor was pulling the jury guilty, 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 guilty. guilty. I pecked at Jim. His hands were white from gripping the balcony rail, and his shoulders jerked as if each guilty was a separate stab between them. Oof. This is like crushing the gem who yeah. like believed in the academic purity of, of law. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's crushing to a lot of people, but he, he, even his like, this is his mo- most major disillusionment. But you can feel, yeah, it's like traumatic. You can feel the trauma in this moment. Like it's happening slow and it's almost like at points it's, it sounds like, uh, like, yeah, scouts not listening. Judge Taylor was saying something. His, like so, we're not hearing what Judge Taylor is saying. It's like think, like there's yeah. like a ring in, yeah. in her ears. Like Everything's gone quiet. Shock. It's it's like yeah, yeah. She you, can't believe you it. You just see the camera and like it's fuzzy around the edges, kind of like looking around at like all the people around as like the bomb went off in the other room. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's the, it, it's this moment of shock and trauma for Scout and Jem. Probably more for Jem, but Scout's feeling it too. Yes, and this is such a trad. These last few paragraphs are so beautiful, and how sad but understated sad they are. Yeah. Judge Taylor was saying something. His gavel was in his fist, but he wasn't using it. Dimly, I saw Atticus pushing papers from the table into his briefcase. He snapped it shut, went to the court reporter and said something, nodded to Mr. Gilmer, and then went to Tom Robinson and whispered something to him. Atticus put his hand on Tom's shoulder as he as he pulled it away, uh, uh, as he whispered. Atticus took his coat off the back of his chair and pulled it over his shoulder. Then he left the courtroom, but not by his usual exit. He must have wanted to go home the short way because he walked quickly down the middle aisle toward the south exit. I followed the top of his head as he made his way to the door. He did not look up. And then, like, so that that paragraph alone is just watching Atticus leave. Yeah. Beautiful. One, he, he, he leaves through the middle of the audience. The people. Yes. Right? To be like, I am not ashamed of what I did. Yes. Yeah. I knew that. I was going to lose, but I gave it my all, and you all saw me give it my all. And I will do it again if I have to. Head held high. He walks through the uh, whole courtroom. Just like that, just saying something to Tom. And like, you can only imagine what he said to Tom. Of, God, like, I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, or saying anything. Oh, like, <laughs> it's that thing like that end of uh, Lost in Translation where it's right. like, you just, just imagining what he said is like way more powerful. Exactly. Than, nothing, 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 no real quote can be good enough as the, as you know, when your imagination filling it in. Yes. So then, yeah, Scout feels some someone you know punching her in the yeah. in the arm. Punching seems like a strong word for the, what the Reverend would do to Scout. <laughs> yeah, sounds like probably like nudging. Her, yeah. yeah, but yeah, someone was punching me, but I was reluctant to take my eyes from the people below us and from the image of Atticus's lonely walk down the aisle. Miss Jean Louise, I looked around. They were standing all around us in the balcony on the opposite wall. The Negroes were getting to their feet. Reverend Sykes' voice was as distant as Judge Taylor's. Miss Jean Louise, stand up. Your father's passing. So they all stand up for Atticus. Yes. The whole the the balcony they're in, they want to give their thanks, give their honor, and stand up as he leaves. Yeah. It's like yeah, he's he's got a lot of respect yeah. for what he did. Yeah, they all understand that he had an impossible job and he took it on with uh quite a bit of honor. Yeah. Like it feels like it's like it's like a West Wing moment kind of thing where it's like the right thing was done and damn it, we did it. You know, like even though yeah, we it all Honor. blew up on our face right. and nothing good happened, but we were on the side doing our best to do right. But at the end of the day, that's what America's all about. Like that it's, kind of thing. Yeah, is absolutely losing. <laughs> if I swear like even if I didn't know Aaron Sorkin was involved in To Kill a Mockingbird like the Broadway show, I would be like making Sorkin references left and right. Like Sorkin would be drooling over this. Yeah. And he, obviously he did drool over it. So yes, it's like probably the most go. probably su- super influential in his like his history. It seems show. like it. Yeah. Of like, oh, like make the man with high integrity be put in an impossible situation. <laughs> and then, yeah, he then he maintains his integrity and he keeps his head head held high, and everyone is inspired by it. And music plays dramatically to score it. Yeah, and uh, and you lose, but that's just life, you know. You lose, but sometimes you have to lose. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just gorgeous writing, just yeah. very very sad, bittersweet stuff of like, here is a man who gave it all. Knew what was going to happen and put was there anyway, and en- enough people saw that and went, "That was that. That's a great man right there." 
Yeah, it's just very moving writing. Yeah, good stuff. It, uh, it's too bad that he didn't uh, get the verdict he wanted. But that's end of chapter 21 there. It ends with that um, poignant uh, stand-up, Your Father's Passing. Yes. So it's cool for Scout and Jem to see all that respect that their father's got. Yeah, the the impact he had just had on the community. Yeah. And his, like, bold defiance of, like, walking through the middle of, yeah. like, after all the drama that he went through. He's, like, walking right through the middle of the crowd of, like, I did it. like <laughs> Head held high. Yeah. That's chapter 21. Chapter 22 starts with, uh, it was Jem's turn to cry, period. That's great. That, Who yeah. cried first? Uh, Dill. Oh, Dill was crying about... How the, how rude Mr. Gilmer was to Tom. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. God, I'm happy you're here, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Me doing this podcast loaded like, I don't know. 36 episodes in and now. I'm happy you're here. <laughs> hey. Hey, if I haven't mentioned it before, thanks for doing this podcast with me. <laughs> I would just be alone in this room reading. <laughs> Pretty bad pod, I'll be honest. Not great. Yeah, and it's it's like, yeah, this is like the final disillusionment of Boylet we're seeing right here. One of the most uh, the I most know. revered institutions to this this young child. Yeah, the one that also is his father's work. Like it's two things. Yes. Like his passion, his belief in like his academic pure ideals, and then like his father is now also tainted by the this right. Thing. He's yeah. losing his faith in the in the system as a whole, and also he's losing his father figure as like a a guy who can do fig- anything. Yeah, yeah, infallible figure. Exactly, and he is already being a bit of a rebel towards Atticus earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he kind of came around and he wanted to be a lawyer at one point. Right. And, yeah. Um, and, uh, man, he's yeah. watching the whole trial. Like it was like a sporting yeah. match. Yeah. This is like father, son stuff, man. I'm just like, Oh, watching your dad, like really take it on the chin. Father, son stuff. Pl- yeah. Like with like, yeah. With the, 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 under, with. Uh, the non-understanding perspective. Man, yeah, it's like it's a double whammy. Like we just, got, yeah, it's like he's losing his faith in humanity as well as in his father. Yeah, that 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 there's only so much that someone like his father could do. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like you could be a great man like your father and like not be able to take on all the evil of the world. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, seeing it through Scout's eyes is interesting because usually you like usually the the boy I like you know you know the sexism acknowledged the boy is like the hero of the story and we see like a coming of age story for a boy through the boy's eyes or like through a narrator's eyes about a boy but it's kind of interesting to see this happening from the perspective of a younger girl yeah a younger sister watching her brother grow up and what you get is kind of like only the you get only um the visual aspect like you only get get to see like what looks like from the outside like what she sees is Jem crying you know what I mean? like mm-hmm. we we understand exactly why he's crying and the way in which the nuanced way he's crying but all scout sees is her brother's crying yeah and it was this is a a devastation the the first major disillusionment of this young man's life and it's all summed up in just six words it was Jem's turn to cry yeah so he's crying angry tears saying it ain't right all the way to the corner of the square where we found atticus waiting <laughs> atticus <laughs> is waiting for him it ain't right atticus said Jem. No, son, it's not right. We walked home. Period. It's own paragraph. We walked home. We walked period. home. That's it's it. kind of like it's like uh, I think it maybe underscores like how underwhelming you know that moment is. It's like you know we just walked home. Yeah, I mean Atticus probably wasn't saying too much exactly, and also like he's not going to linger, and then he's just like yeah, the, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And Alexander is waiting up, uh, and this is this is a, a very tender moment too. She goes, I'm sorry, brother. Yeah. Um, and and Scout's like, Alexandra. what a weird thing. And Jeb's brother. like, I'm devastated. I don't have time for this little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Having never heard her call Atticus brother before, I stole a glance at Jem, but he was not listening. Yeah. Um, and then even like worrying about Jem. He's like, is he all right? Auntie asked, indicating Jem. He'll be so presently. It was a little too strong for him. And then he sighed. I'm going to bed. If I don't wake up in the morning, don't call me. Oof. It's like this is like that's as emotional as we've ever seen yeah. Atticus. I'm going to sleep until I wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to wake up the ungodly dad hour I usually do. I'm, I'm gonna going sleep like to a human sleep. Being. Yeah. I'm very tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Um. Yeah. Even later, he says, "Like I'm not. I'm just tired." Which is like what dads say when they're upset. I'm yeah. Just tired. I'm tired. Let me go be tired <laughs> in my room. I'm going to, like, yeah, there should just be a room where dads have, can break glasses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love, I love, I, I didn't think it was wise in the first place to let them dash me and got, she got cut off. This is their home, sister. We made it this way for them. They might as well learn to cope with it. And that's like a, 
bigger statement than I originally first thought. So I, I actually don't know uh, what's being referred to here. I didn't think they should have gone to the courthouse. It I didn't think it was wise in the place, place to let them. Okay, right. And they'll say, this is their home, sister. We've made it this way for them. They may as well learn to cope with it. So, like, this town is their home? This right? town is their home. It's racist. We've we've made it racist. Right. They might as well get to know that. And, uh, boy, have they. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. But they don't have to go to the courthouse and wallow, wallow in it. It's just as much Maycomb County as missionary tees. Like, he's just like... Oh, missionary tees is the thing Maycomb County does. Yeah, because uh, okay. well, like later it's like yeah, the 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 women in the in town have tea together to talk about all the problems right. of the world. Um, and it's like Atticus is like, look, that's where the racism is. Like racism in the courthouse. Like they might as well learn that that's what Maycomb is. We made it this way. And okay, like, right. And so now I'm understanding this is like so like Atticus. This is like Atticus basically screaming. Like, yeah, this is this much is his the most bitter. Yeah. like he's vomiting his rage at the town. Right. It's like that's Maycomb. They're racist. It's like whoa. It sounds crazy. He does say we. It's like I'm part of this town that has has failed its black citizens. And I say I respect that Atticus. Yes, respect. Um, yeah, Atticus has not been like white people. <laughs> <laughs> and then Atticus Finch rolled his eyes and said, "White people, <laughs> am I right?" White people will be like that, don't they? <laughs> I hate white people. That's Ugh, I hate white people. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he owns it. He's like, "This is Maycomb. This like, is- I'm part of this town. I'm a significant figure in this town. Yeah, this and that deal. this town failed Tom Robinson. That's also on me. Like, yeah." Um, so yeah, then that's just it's a heavy moment of like two people, uh, old citizens of an old town going like, what, like, why we are responsible for this deep flaw. We have done this. this and once fault. again, it has hurt the hearts of our children. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. They have to look at innocence. They're seeing the loss of innocence. It's hard to like look at. It's hard to, it's hard yeah. to acknowledge like, oh, yep. See, this is our thing. It's ruining the, these children. Now they're going to be mad and bitter and weird and have that weird feeling in their stomach. Right. It's at this point that Alexandra said, you are the last person I thought would turn bitter over this, which is like, we understand that like Atticus is pretty resilient and uh, he mm-hmm. gets it. Um, he goes, I'm not bitter. I'm just tired. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> just tired. Going to bed. I'm just tired. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just tired, huh? And then this is a, a, a big old famous line. Atticus said Jim bleakly. He turned in the doorway. What, son? How could they do it? How could they? I don't know, but they did it. They've done it before and they did it tonight and they'll do it again. And when they do it, seems that only children weep. Good night. Oof. Is that that's a famous line? Very famous. Line. That makes sense. Seems that only children weep. Yeah, so she, Atticus is acknowledging the same thing we've been talking about. Is that you know, with the eyes of an innocent it may, it just You kills can see you. how fresh and and how fresh this wound is, how like yeah. but everyone else is like like the Dolphus Raymond was like You'll see it again and again, and you only like if you're lucky, you'll feel a little weird about yeah, it. Yeah, Dolphus is like, it's good that you're crying. You should cry. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's this just is, like this is simple hell we all give each other. Yeah, the simple hell. Yeah. So, um, and uh, yeah, again, the innocence, and so maybe this is under kind of underlining the uh, how important it was to have Scout be the narrator, to yeah. have it all through the eyes of a child. Yeah. To make it make it new again. Yes. To like, oh, here is like one of the most com- like uh, epicenter of like one of the most complicated parts of american culture at the, at the beginning of change and like how would you show that to someone who has no idea what's going on yeah and here it is yeah it's yeah it's such a such a sad moment of like <laughs> just like you imagine your dad right before you go into bed and like you're crying and he goes the world's a bad messed up place <laughs> it seems like only children weep yeah it's like you'll learn it's like almost worse like eventually you won't cry you'll yeah. become jaded to it only children weep over this stuff you'll be you'll you'll learn yeah. to live with it the world's effed up son yeah <laughs> good night <laughs> good night uh and then this is also such a, a weird little turn but things are always better in the morning uh, Atticus rose at his usual ungodly hour. <laughs> He's up at dad o'clock, you know. <laughs> what dad? Dad's like, I woke up at four a.m. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to know what the news was. <laughs> God forbid, I don't know what the news are at five in the morning. <laughs> what if what if something happens at four fifty-seven and I don't know? <laughs> I'm out ahead of it. I'm dad. I'm up. Reading the, reading the paper. 
Jem's morning face posed the question his sleepy lips struggled to ask. It's not time to worry yet. We're not through yet. There will be an appeal. You can count on that. Gracious alive, Cal. What's all this? And this is a very sweet moment. Uh, one, it's just Atticus being like, hey, we're going to fight in the appeal courts. Like, I knew that's what was going to happen. I was going to try and present my best case just so that any any more enlightened, when it's reviewed just by other judges, will go like, yeah, that was a mistrial. Like, right. Right. He did it. Yeah. He's like, we'll appeal it. There's, there's other stuff to do. Right. So he's got his, he's looking at his breakfast plate. Cal, what is this? Tom Robinson's daddy sent you along this chicken this morning. I fixed it. You tell him I'm proud to get it, but they don't have chicken for breakfast at the White House. What are these? Rolls. Estelle down at the hotel sent them. Atticus looked at her puzzled, and, and she said, You better step out here and see what's in the kitchen, Mr. Finch. And, you know, the boy, ca- oh boy. camera pans to reveal the kitchen table was loaded with enough food to bury the family. Hunks of salt, pork, tomatoes, beans, even scuppernongs. <laughs> <laughs> I missed scuppernongs <laughs> the first time. Mm, scuppernongs. Ooh, look at it's these like a, doc- like a Dr. Seuss <laughs> food. <laughs> scuppernongs, scupperwongs, whisker don'ts, whisker do's. Atticus grinned when he found a jar of pickled pig's knuckles. Reckon Auntie will let me eat these in the dining room? <laughs> he still has like a mischievous, <laughs> like, he gets his humor back after one, maybe like five hour yeah. <laughs> rest. A full night's dad's sleep of four and a half hours. <laughs> yeah. Three and a half hours he was actually thinking about the war novel yeah. he was reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. this is all around the back step when I got here this morning, Kel says. They, they appreciate what you did, Mr. Finch. They they aren't overstepping their themselves, are they? And this is a very powerful moment. Atticus's eyes filled with tears. He did not speak for a moment. And that's like, can you imagine <laughs> this guy crying? That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, that's what part of the point of like developing how stoic he is this whole time is for like this moment to be meaningful. Exactly. I we, we have not seen tears in his eyes to this point. Is that right? Yeah. No. Tell them I'm very grateful. Tell them. Tell them they must never do this again. Times are too hard. And it's, yeah, it's just like he got his, like, a whole breakfast table of thank you. Like, you you were a hero even though it didn't work out. Right. It wasn't a, a shout into the void after all. Like, I mean, like, he did instill some hope in the black community of Maycomb by defending Tom Robinson. It wasn't just a meaningless stand. Yeah. He picked the right hill to die on. Yeah. Uh, Dill's here for breakfast, of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Between rabbit bites, Dill told us of Mrs. Rachel's reaction to last night, which was, if a man like Atticus Finch wants to butt his head against a stone wall, it's his head. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, yeah. So that, that's going to be the, like, the point of view of somebody who's like, I mean, she's not a racist, but she's like the status she's, quo. She's like wise about like, yeah, it's like making change. Like it's a lot of work and a lot of frustration. and like, Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, go ahead, hurt yourself. Right. And then and then Dill is like, I'd have got her told, growled Dill behind a chicken leg. But she didn't look like much like telling this morning. Said she was up half the night wondering where I was. Said she added the sheriff after me, but he was at the hearing. And when, oh, I just want to get the point. Oh, yeah. I told her till I was blue in the face where I was going. She's just seeing too many snakes in the closet. Bet that woman drinks a pint for breakfast every morning. No, she drinks two glasses full. Seen her. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just like, Miss Rachel's a drunk. She's a drunk. She's drunk as hell. Okay, Miss Rachel saw she saw a snake in her closet, right? And she's afraid. That's why of she drinks whiskey in the morning. Oh yeah, that's why she drinks whiskey, right? Because she saw the snake. Yeah, so she has an anxiety problem. Or the joke is like that she never really did. She just is an alcoholic, but yeah. she has to be like, oh, I have to calm my nerves. What is, I mean, life is life is just one big snake, snake in, in the, the closet. closet. <laughs> that's all it is, man. I mean, everyone's nervous, Miss Rachel. Even good things, you're like, wait a minute, why is this gonna hurt me? Actually, <laughs> ain't no such thing as a free closet with no snake in it. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone sees closets. A lot of guys see snakes. You know what I mean? Oh, you want to offer me a closet with no snake in it, huh? Sure, Let sure. me check under here. But <laughs> <laughs> so, first, told- have a couple drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that that's over, <laughs> calm my nerves. Who knows when there's going to be a snake in a closet? <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I got hammered last night, honey. <laughs> what if we ran into a snake in the closet? <laughs> it would have given me a fright. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to see a snake <laughs> in the closet. I'm going out drinking. There were some snakes in that closet. There's some snakes in the closet. Don't talk like that, Dill, Alexandra. It's not becoming to a child. It's <laughs> cynical. 
I ain't cynical about that, Alexandra. <laughs> Telling the truth is not cynical, is it? The way you tell it is. <laughs> that's yeah. such a good... That's like a, almost like a Simpson joke. Yeah, the way you tell it, it is. Like you can see Marge being like, the way you tell it is. <laughs> you tell it, it is. <laughs> but Dil, yeah. The way you tell the truth is cynical. <laughs> Dill's keeping it real, man. And didn't you say Dill was actually based on a young Bill Maher? Isn't that <laughs> what you said? <laughs> <laughs> but sure, you just t- you just telling the truth. Sorry, sorry. Well, you tell it's cynical because like the truth is cynical. Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah, it's Truman it's Capote being like a little <laughs> bitter man. Yeah. Okay, so they uh, they go to the front porch. Um, they go to the front porch. Miss Stephanie Crawford's there, busybody, busy telling it to Miss Maudie Atkinson and Mister Avery. Um, they looked around at us and we were uh, talking. Jem made a feral noise in his throat. I wish for a weapon. I hate grown folks looking at you. Makes you feel like you've done something. So they're kind of gossiping. Yeah. So, I mean, Miss Stephanie's a classic gossip. And then they look over and they go, oh, there are the <laughs> children of the of the famous man in town right now. They're being talked about. Yeah. Uh, even Mr. Avery there, the man who peed off his porch. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's not throw rocks there, Mr. Avery. And obviously, like, Miss Stephan, like, what a brutal person to run into right after your dad's, like, very difficult day. Right, so gossipy, right. Um, and also, like, a holier-than-thou about, like, absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, she uh, yeah, she wants to know what the deal was. She wants to know why they were in court. Did Atticus put us there as a sort of question mark? Was it right close up there with all those question mark? Did Scout understand all the question mark? Did it make us mad to see our daddy beat? Yeah, so, like, every little, like, the least important parts of all of that. But, like, she just liked the spectacle of it. Exactly, yeah. So, this is, like, the, this is like the exactly wrong take. Miss Stephanie has the exact wrong take. Yeah, and, like, her claim that she was, like, going to the Jitney jungle and all that stuff like right. that. Right, I'm like, just going over to the bar next door to the courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is Masmati's, like, a, a very interesting moment of, hush, Stephanie. Miss Masmati's diction was deadly. And that right there, it's like, I've got all the all the morning to pass on the porch. Jim Finch, I called out to find out if you and your colleagues can eat some cake. <laughs> got up at five to make it. So you better say yes. Excuse us, Stephanie. Good morning, Mr. Avery. So already there, there is like a nice gesture of like, yeah, these people, these kids had a rough night. And Miss Mowdy is separating herself from the gossips. I yes. think I think this is kind of like her and she's on their side. Hence cake. Yes. Um, there was a big cake and two little ones on Miss Motti's kitchen table. There should have been three little ones. It was not like Miss Motti to forget Dill, and we must have shown it. But when we understood when she cut from the big cake and gave the slice to Jem. Ooh, all the cakes. She gave Jem a big old cake. Big and that's like cake. such a sweet moment of like, the ne- like I know the neighbor is like a kid. Like he's a good kid, and he just had a real heartbreak. Sorry you lost your innocence. Here's a huge cake. <laughs> I wish someone gave me a huge cake and I lost my innocence. <laughs> Oh, man. But I was on a diet last week, so that would yeah. have been. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last week. Last week when I lost my innocence, when I realized jobs are hard. <laughs> jobs are hard. Um, yeah, Miss Maudie's being real sweet. Um, uh, I simply want to tell you that there are some men in this world who are born to do our unpleasant jobs for the, us. Your father's one of them. So this is all in support of Atticus doing the yeah. unpleasant job. So Miss Maudie's on, on their side. And then uh, and then just Gem is like perfect, like depressed 12-year-old goes, oh. Well, don't you owe well me, sir. You are not old enough to appreciate what I said. Oh, contraire, Miss Maudie. He is. Like, he just became old enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being in a caterpillar in a, car- in a cocoon. That's what it is. Like something asleep wrapped up in a warm place. I always thought make them folks were the best folks in the world. At least that's what they seem like. So, th- yeah. what? Yeah, let's talk about this. So... He feels like he's just gotten out of the cocoon. Okay, right, yeah. Because he, yeah, growing up with Atticus... He was sheltered from the racism of his town. Yes, and there there wasn't this incident where like right. the town is very organized. That and a lot of the South was is that everyone can be pleasant with each other if we stay away from each other. Exactly. Well, yeah, like that the moment where um or uh the aunt didn't want uh um <laughs> Atticus saying in front of Calpurnia that someone didn't like black people. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, like, well, sh- he doesn't. He doesn't. That's known fact. Yeah. And like, well, they'll talk about it. It's like, well, if we don't want him to talk, we shouldn't give him so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this is the idea, but this is the idea of the, of the cocoon. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I like there was a white side of town and everyone was nice. And I thought that we were just like a nice group of people. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, the deep flaws exposed themse- themselves. Yeah. This reminds me of like the night Trump got elected. I was like, I thought I knew, 
my country. Like yeah. I, I, I feel like a stranger in my own country. I thought there were limits to how far we would go. Yeah. In an angry direction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I thought I knew, but I did not know. So this is kind of thing is like what Jem's going through right now. Is like I thought I understood, uh, but I, I was sheltered. Like I, I was I was hiding it from myself. Yeah. And then Miss Monty's take is very interesting. We're the safest folks in the world. We're so rarely called on to be Christians, but when we are, we've got men like Atticus to go for us. Wow. Just good idea. Yeah. Th- that's just a good like we're the safest folks in the world. It's like yeah, we like we keep things quiet. Like yeah. we do our best to keep things quiet and undramatic. Free from yeah, of like from direct conflict. But once in a while you have to do it and Atticus is the kind of guy to do it. Yes. And that's an important person to be. Wish the rest of the count uh the county thought that. Uh and that that too, it's like you'd be surprised how many of us do. Who, Jim's voice froze, who in this town did one thing to help Tom Robinson? Just who? And this is like what we've been talking about, about how hard, like Harper Lee's has worked to show how many different perspectives on race there are in this small southern town. Right. And also just like great points of his colored friends for one thing. And it's like, yeah, like <laughs> black people were working very hard against them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people like us, people like Judge Taylor, people like Mr. Heck Tate. Stop eating and start thinking, Jim. Did it ever strike you that Judge Taylor naming Atticus to defend that boy was no accident? Bingo. That Judge Taylor might have had his reasons for naming him? And even Scout at this age goes, this was a thought. Court-appointed defenses were usually given to Maxwell Green, Maycomb's latest addition to the bar, who needed the experience. Maxwell Green should have had Tom Robinson's case. Interesting, yeah. Also, I thought at this point, it's like, why didn't we hear about Maxwell Green earlier? We had, This is the first time. I mean, it's like, they're all talking about it was odd that Atticus took the case. Yes, but yeah, it's because this is not his typical case. It's not how what he usually does. No, because it, yeah. it's it's no money case. The literally the client has public no defender. money to defend. Right. Uh, yeah, it's a public defender thing, and they give that to the new guy out of, out of like all right, a poor person got in a fight. Right, go down to the court and say they're not guilty. I'll get a good plea deal. And instead, this hugely controversial case where there would be no money, like he wasn't going to get paid any for this. He's like. I got it. I know, like you're an inexper- inexperienced person, and this should be yours. So, you, but like, I gotta give it to the best lawyer in town. Yeah, because he wanted he wanted Tom Robinson innocent, like or not guilty. So yeah, that that is like alone is like, like just to see the little ways that the town has to quietly navigate around white supremacy to actually work for justice. Right. Of like just a little aberration of like, yeah, it is weird that Attic has got this case. Yeah, it is weird that like, like I don't know what the point is that Hectate is not like on their side, but I guess it's like he hates the Yules and probably saw in that night. I mean, yeah, he like kept the peace. At least Hectate did. Um, you know, he like he he didn't he didn't like falsify anything in favor of the Yules. Like he just like he kept the peace and no. he did. And things. he ostensibly was trying to protect Tom Robinson. Uh, from like the the potential lynch mobs, right? He got tricked by an old <laughs> Cunningham trick of uh, <laughs> called called out to the woods for some reason. <laughs> I don't fully understand. Oh yeah, yeah. So he's like, yeah, he's at best a neutral. Um. Yeah. And then Miss Monty follows it up, where it's kind of like a very moving, like reflection of just like a woman worried about her town. Like you think about that. It was no accident. I was sitting there on the porch last night waiting. I waited and waited to see you all come down the sidewalk. And as I waited, I thought, Atticus Finch won't win. He can't win. But he's the only man in these parts who can keep a jury out so long in a case like that. And I thought to myself, well, we're making a step. It's just a baby step, but it's a step. And it's like, well, that's like, she's been here just as long as Atticus. Yeah, yeah. And Miss Monty's been established as like the kind of character who, like, yeah, is in town, but she's not, like, the Miss Stephanie. She's, like, yes, she's wise. moral heart. She yeah. knows what's going on. And it's like, I guess, for like, for people who live that old, like, they see the importance of little progresses. I know. It's like, but it's kind of like a cop-out to, like, hear someone say, like, it's a baby step, but it's a step. It's kind of, like, a little disappointing. Yeah. But maybe it's, like, the mature way to look at it. Yeah. Of like, I love this town, and it has this huge problem, but that, like, 10 years ago, we wouldn't even, like, it wouldn't have been 10 minutes. It would have been Atticus's cynicism. Right, yeah. That, like, yeah. oh, well, like, by the time he go to dinner, we'll be, it'll be over. Like, <laughs> yeah. How about this from Jim? 
It's all, it's all right to talk like that. Can't any Christian judges and lawyers make up for heathen juries, Jem said. As soon as I get grown. <laughs> so she, <laughs> That's something you'll have to take up with your father. So Jem's like, the problem is juries. <laughs> he goes back to academic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just he just can't get through his head. It's, it's, it's really cute. Like he like is so like upset about this. He's stubborn about it. Yeah, he he's like the system fell. It yeah. isn't like the hearts of his town. It's like, oh, this dang academic yeah, system. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, see. And then this is like Dill's weird line. Uh, <laughs> it, this is like a like like an emo, emo girl in 2019 would say this. <laughs> I think I'll be a clown when I get grown," said Dill. Jim and I stopped in our tracks. Yes, sir, a clown. There ain't one thing in this world I can do about folks except laugh. So I'm going to join the circus and laugh my head off. <laughs> you got a backwards deal. Clowns <laughs> clowns are sad. It's folks that laugh at them. Well, I'm going to be a new kind of clown. I'm going to stand in the middle of the ring and laugh at the folks. Just look at yonder. Every one of them ought to be riding broomsticks. And Rachel already does. <laughs> <laughs> So Dill is Dill is feeling some of the same stuff that Jem is. Yes, and he he's like, man, all I want to do when I grow up is just laugh at all these people, laugh yes. at all this stuff. It's meaningless. Yeah, he's so disillusioned, but his his disillusionment is so sassy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jem's is out. so like academic and heavy, and like Dill's has this rage that comes out in like, I'm gonna be a clown and I'm yeah. gonna laugh at these fools. <laughs> you guys are ridiculous. Yeah, it is kind of like a, it's very teen. I mean, these are also. I mean, these are the two ways. These are like the two ways to go. It's like you can either like rage against it, like the way Jem wants to, or you can just make fun of it, like Dill wants. He's like, yeah. I just kind of. You like, can either laugh, laugh at it. the pain, or you could try and heal it. But either way, the pain's there. And I think the difference is the attitude towards their uh, their role models. Like he mentions Miss Rachel. Like Miss Rachel, um, like Miss Rachel already already rides a broomstick like a witch, which I don't know yeah. what that really means, but. Like she's already a, an absurd figure to deal. Yeah, she's not a hero like that. So yeah, says. he has no exposure. He has exposure to like the weaknesses of adults. Yeah, more more so than they do with Atticus. Yeah, we like the hero. yeah. Scout and Gem are like, oh, adults are all wise and they have it together. And like, no, Atticus is like a rare breed. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they they walk outside and they see Miss Stephanie and Miss Rachel were waving wildly at us in a way that did not give little lie to Dill's observation. So they're acting kind of like ridiculous. Yeah, they're like, please, come here, come here. Oh, gosh. I reckon it'd be ugly not to see him. They have to go go talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, man, they saw us. Something was wrong. Mr. Avery was red in the face from a sneezing spell and nearly blew us off the sidewalk when we (laughs) came up. (laughs) Miss Stephanie was trembling with excitement, and Miss Rachel caught Dill's shoulder. You get in on in the backyard and stay there. There's a danger coming. What's the matter, I asked. Ain't you heard yet? It's all over town. And then here it is. Here it is. Here it comes. At that moment, Aunt Alexandra came to the door and called us, but she was too late. It was Miss Stephanie's pleasure to tell us. This morning, Mr. Bob Ewell stopped Atticus on the post office corner, spat in his face, and told him he'd get him if it took the rest of his life. <laughs> so, of course, Miss Stephanie gets to <laughs> The hottest gossip in town gossip. to the, the people most affected by it. Right. What a thrill for her. Ugh. But how, yeah, that's like, so it's gotten real serious with what Atticus did. Yeah, already. Like it was the next day. Bobby was spitting in Atticus. He got face. a bunch of food and jars of uh, pickled pig's feet, big knuckles. Yeah, and he got some spitting. The in his kids face. got cake, and then boom, Mr. Bobby does not forget. Can we talk about the first? I'm like, uh, can we? We're, I want to breach protocol and talk about the first sentence of the next chapter. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you will allow me if, this breaching uh, protocol, Kevin, will you allow? Will you allow this? Yes, I will allow this. <laughs> but watch yourself, McCoy. <laughs> Let's see where this goes. Let's see where this goes. Chapter 23 begins with the following sentence. It's a quote. Quote, I wish Bob Yule wouldn't chew tobacco, was all Atticus said about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that to look forward to next week. The, yes. most, the most dead response. This deadpan rye, like an old hick, came in from the farms, the dump, came in from the dump to spit in his face. <laughs> yeah, I wish he would have brushed his teeth first. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Classic, like, yeah, silly, like, buy a guy a drink first kind of thing. <laughs> so ridiculous. Oh, no, there's some snake in this closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, uh, it's it's all, like, and that's the thing, too, like, like we had thought so much about the lead up to this case and all the consequences of, like, your dad's going to be defending a black person yeah. and we're kind of mad at you, too. And then it's, like, now it's your dad defended a black person. Now it's, like, how does that 
impact everything. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had the uh, day one, we've had people showing love to Atticus, people like showing, like Miss Motti showing love to the children, and then gossips all around, uh, and now a spit in the face. Like, it's all, it's, it's leading to the court case and then leading away from the court case. Yeah. It's this, the moral center of the whole book. Right. Yeah. So we are now kind of like in the back half. We're in the, it feels like an epilogue a little bit to me. I mean, like when, when all that food came in, it felt very like epilogue y like, to yeah. me. Yeah. Almost like uh, that end of, uh, uh, it's a wonderful life where, where it's, it's like, like yeah everyone came out in support yeah. everyone loved everyone <laughs> yeah yeah it feel it felt it feels warm and supportive and that kind of thing but um if there's a few things uh, left unsettled first i mean like i'm i'm sitting here reading this for the first time i want some boo radley wrap up there's a, there's a lot of boo a lot, a lot, lot of boo a lot of boo teased at the beginning we got to wrap oh, gotta, gotta, you love the booties <laughs> <laughs> Booties, 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 rocking everywhere. Yeah, you're you like big booties. <laughs> I cannot lie. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the Boo Radley gun was on the mantle in the first act, and I want that gun to go off. Yeah, I think it will. I have a feeling it will. Don't tell me. Okay. It'll be fun. Um, but yeah, we have a few chapters left. I mean, actually, there's like there's a good amount I of think like we short three chapters. or three or four chapters left. I mean, yeah, we're like two hundred. But they get kind of short near the end. I was noticing they're kind of yeah. shorter chapters. So we'll have more just more time to chat every week. Or, yeah. But really like, sink our teeth into it. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, only a few chapters to go. There's only 31 chapters. 31 chapters. This is chapter 23. So there's like maybe we have uh, four or five episodes yeah. left. Uh, yeah, five episodes left or so. Yeah, maybe we'll do three for the last one or something. Or yeah, we'll figure we'll do it the out. Movie. And we'll do the movie. But it's been a journey, and we just passed over the biggest part. Yeah, man. Whew, what All a right. ride. It's and been quite a ride. And, and you know, Kev, I wouldn't do it with anyone else. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Because no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no one else wanted to reach you <laughs> to kill a mockingbird chapter by chapter. <laughs> No one else wanted to move to Brooklyn and <laughs> and read books in a room. <laughs> Damn it, you did. So here we are. All right. Well, thanks uh, for listening, everybody. Um, I'm on Instagram at HaHeartNet. Kevin uh, has a Twitter, but he doesn't know the password because he's uh, on a mental cleanse. Good for him. <laughs> so uh, DM me with stuff for Kevin. I'll pass it along. <laughs> yeah, please do. Yeah, uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, see you next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.